0: Welcome to the Men's Health Unscripted podcast with Patrick and Cam. We're folks looking everything on men's health, looking at your emotional, your physical, and your spiritual well-being. You're going to take care of that and make sure you keep on going. Hey guys, it's Patrick. I just wanted to remind you guys to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, it's at Men's Health Unscripted. On Twitter, at Unscripted underscore MH. You can also visit our website, www.menshealthunscripted.com. What's going on, Men's Health Unscripted Faithful? It's Patrick here with two guests, Brock Laramie and Joe Ferrelli. We have a very special episode because I feel like we get an opportunity to do some outreach here. Uh, We have an opportunity to be vulnerable, talk a little bit about our lives and some new journeys or old journeys that we've been on. Specifically, we wanna talk about sobriety and most importantly, just talking about alcohol, some of the stigmas associated around drinking or not drinking, um, some of the health consequences from alcohol, and also just some of the social aspects of drinking and sobriety. So we'll start off with Brock. Uh, He is a young entrepreneur um, in Tampa, Florida with us. We met him at the yoga studio, and he's on a sober journey. Rock, tell us a little bit about your sober journey. How long have you been sober, and when did you decide to quit drinking alcohol?
1: Yeah, thanks, Pat, for introducing me. Um, I stopped drinking in two thousand and eighteen. So it's been quite some time. january twenty eighth, two thousand and eighteen is when I remember that i that I had stopped. And uh, that was basically right after I graduated college the big thing for me was I, I wanted to, you know, make it, I wanted to be successful. I wanted to do well in business. And I felt like alcohol, especially the way that I was using it in college was going to be a hindrance. And, you know, we can go into, you know, multiple stories on on how I knew that that was the case for me. And uh, for anyone listening, maybe they have their own stories of um, moments that, they weren't too proud of and maybe embarrassed of that made them feel like you know perhaps that they could drink a little less or not at all. And for me, the, the case was not at all. I kind of first I, I would really like to
0: discuss with our viewers this isn't um, a, a plea for you to go sober. Alcohol mm-hmm. affects everybody differently. There are definitely some negative health consequences. There have been some studies that show just having a couple drinks a day of of alcohol could potentially lead to Alzheimer's. Um, there's a couple of studies that show there a link to colon cancer and different forms of cancer. Obviously, the implications on the liver, especially with t- taking concurrent medications that might affect the liver, can really cause damage and cirrhosis and lead to some serious um, issues as someone ages. But I think everybody can look up the health consequences on their own. This is more geared towards the mental aspects, the social aspects of, of drinking alcohol, which are really the most difficult because we know what it does to us. But some somehow, some way, we as Americans, we still have a hard time letting go of the social component, right? Mm. And so if anybody ever wants to try going sober I want to I want them to be able to use this podcast as a support system so if you're even if you want to do 30 days 60 days 90 days half a year year forever whatever you want to do this podcast could hopefully be a tool and provide some value to someone's life so Brock tell me a little bit about just some of the social components of maybe what drew you into alcohol first and then maybe on the reflexive end, what are some of the social components that you've been able to avoid now that you've been sober for quite some time?
1: Yeah, so I think one of the things about drinking, uh, especially here in America, is that it's just part of our culture, right? Like, and you go to college, like people go out. It's such a very like normal thing, you know, to go out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and and it just it for me, it became something that was such a spiral and snowball, right? Like um, there's, you know, you, there's one thing that I would tell myself like, hey, I'm not gonna go out on Thursday. Hey, I'm not gonna go out on Friday because I felt like, you know, alcohol would really drain my energy and things like that. But for me, like when I got into it, you know, when I had one, you know, I would just continue to have more and that, that would lead to a hangover and then going out Friday, and Saturday so I think that there's like you know a lot a lot of things about alcohol that that are so intertwined with like you know what we do to socialize here you know
0: I definitely can identify with the you can have one and then it kind of spirals into maybe having a few more I know with me usually the third drink if yeah. I was where I would make a choice and a lot of times it would be the choice to continue drinking and it would be more of a tech, you know, by technical terms of binge, a binge drinking uh, episode, which led to right the hangover. For me, the hangover was more self-deprecation, negative self-talk, um, rather than the typical, you know, headache, nausea, vomiting type, type feelings. More so mine was internal thought. Um, so Joe we kind of wanted, we were just kind of telling a little bit about Sober Journey. I know you have an interesting one where you didn't drink alcohol for quite some time, eight, nine months, and then you decided to see what it was like to go back. And then now you have not drank alcohol again in quite some time. Tell us a little bit about that journey because we all have a little bit of a different one. And so I think this podcast could be used as a tool for anyone looking to be sober, even if it's for a few days or for a lifetime.
2: Yeah, for sure. And you both touched on sort of what I went through as well. I used to say, I used to defend my choice saying, Oh, I didn't have a drinking problem. It would just, I, it, it would affect me negatively. Um, But then I realized that was just like negative self-talk. It it totally was. I was affecting my happiness. I wasn't happy. So it was a problem, you know? So um, for me, it was like, how I'd feel negatively and emotionally the next day or days, you know, leading after um, drinking. And I felt like it wasn't productive and I'm just, it would spiral snowball like Brock said, and I just kept feeling worse and worse. So, um, and I felt like all of my social activities were centered around alcohol. It wasn't like I would go and uh, look on the weekend. I wouldn't look forward to going and, you know, going and kayaking or a hike or whatever it was, I'd be looking forward to the events that were surrounding. The, where the alcohol was so um, finally got to a point during quarantine where I guess I was drinking more than I had prior um, where I just kept I kept having those post drinking negative feelings where it wasn't like you know the hangover feelings it was just the come down from the alcohol you know the depressant aspect of it. Um, so I decided to give it a, to just give it up for a while and uh, it was about like said eight or nine months where I went and I felt incredible uh, never felt better. But I guess where I was feeling was um, the social aspect. I felt lonely. So then I started dating someone and I decided to drink again with them. And then those feelings started coming back. So then after a few months of that, I ended that relationship and uh, I gave up again. i have not looking back. I have felt just as good as I did when I gave up the first time.
0: Man, I'm happy to hear it. And I know you and I have yeah. talked a lot on the Riverwalk about not drinking. And I know... I remember specifically, I'll give you a lot of credit for this was you were a really good support system for me because I was talking to you on a walk one time saying, I don't think I've gone sober for more than 30 days. And I would really like for a while, I mean, it's been, it probably been years since I had gone sober for longer than 30 days. So I wanted to see what it was like, and I confided that into you and you were very supportive and I, that kind of got the ball rolling and some other aspects, um, you know, shout out Lambo for being awesome. You know, she's really helped and her journey for, uh, I think of seven years of sobriety um, has been really influential on me. And I felt like for me personally, there were a lot of people that were coming into my life that had quit drinking, whether it was because of, they had a, you know, they said that they had an issue or just saying, you know, I feel better. I want to, I just want to experience life and be present instead of numbing myself. And last point, kind of before we move on a little bit is what kind of all three of us have said is the hangover, the negative feelings, the post-alcohol issues that come with it. And if you really think about productivity and just being present with yourself, if you're drinking, but if we start a week, I know I've used this example with Joe quite a few times and Joe has too, is you start a week Monday through Sunday. And let's say we start Monday clean we work our way through, we get to Friday, we're craving happy hour because the stress of the week or whatever that case may be. You drink Friday, then you might wake up Saturday, go to brunch, get a little hair of the dog in you. And the, people are probably gonna listen to this and be like, God, this guy had a problem. But
1: <laughs> but yeah, oh, you know, that was me too, that was me too. Oh
0: man. yeah, way you, worse. Get a little, <laughs> you, you get a little hair of the dog in you and then you keep drinking. And then Sunday, you've drank two days in a row. Now you really probably feel like shit. So what do you do again? A Mimo mimosa or, you know, a little breakfast beer or something and on your day. So you've given, you've drank for three days. Now, Monday, you have to go back to work. So hopefully you're not drinking. Um, So Monday, you go back to work. You feel like shit. It takes, you know, now definitely in my mid thirties, it takes a couple of days to shake the hangover. So now if Tuesday I'm kind of feeling better, Wednesday, I'm really only giving myself Wednesday and Thursday before I'm hopping back on the train Friday and doing it all over again. So I'm really only giving myself two to three days of max productivity. And maybe that's not even max pro- productivity because I'm not giving myself enough of a washout time to 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 feel better. And so that was kind of something that I've really learned from my last in a couple of days here, it'll be six months for me of sobriety. And that's something I have really learned is how much more productive and how much more present and aware of my surroundings. Um, do you guys have any similar uh, takes on on the kind of nine to five rut and happy hour?
1: Um, I, I guess like my thing to anyone that would ever, you know, be considering being sober is to not think that, you know, life is going to be like completely different, right? Like the reality is that for me, it was not, but what I, if I look at the last five years of my life and I say, all right, I haven't drank, I can tell you for sure the things that have not happened to me. I have not lost my wallet. My phone has not been broken. I haven't lost my keys. So like I was in multiple occasions when I used to drink where I was in life-threatening situations, like almost being hit by a car, you know, just like (laughs) stupid things that drunk and Brock thought were good ideas. And uh, so that's like one thing, like if you decide that you're gonna just not drink, you protect from all the downside of the stupid drunk things that might occur, right? And now (laughs) you get to work with the upside of what could be your life. And it's like, now I I get an opportunity to design things in my life, that that are going to have to substitute for the void that occurs if you if you're going to not drink. And for me, you know, when I decided that I wasn't going to be drinking, obviously I wasn't going to be going to Friday happy hours. You know, I wasn't going to be going out Saturday night, um, at least to go drinking. Um, so, as far as the social goes, and I don't know if this really answers your question, but it's like some of the things will be reinvented and there'll be healthier options. You know, it'll be like, you know, getting involved in sports, getting involved with people that you can talk to, that you enjoy hanging out with, that don't force you or peer pressure you to have a drink. Um, those are the type of people that you end up gravitating towards. Um, and, and yeah, so there's like a big social switch that occurs, you know, when someone decides to, to not drink.
0: Joe, I know that you've kind of had a similar experience with gravitating and you kind of touched on it a little bit, gravitating towards more people or more situations and activities that are less about drinking, more about being present, more about having fun. What are some of those activities and social situations you might find yourself in that don't encompass drinking? Well, the biggest one for me, you touched on it earlier, was our uh,
2: our Riverwalk walks, where we go there and we would just on a Friday night, Saturday night, just go out and talk for a few hours, you know, and just walk around. Um, and for me, that was huge because at that time, I didn't have too many friends that uh, were as supportive as like you or other people I've met at this point now uh, were. So some of my friends at first didn't really understand or respect, I guess, my decision and would give me a hard time about it that you come to find out that those really aren't the friends that you need to keep around you know i'm not saying for good but at that point at this point in your life mm-hmm. um, and like brock said like your life doesn't it's not like flicking putting a switch your life changed overnight you're still going to struggle with things and mm-hmm. and uh, do certain things but you're not going to do the, the stupid parts that come with when you when you are drunk like like he said drunk brock or drunk joe what the things that would do then the self destructive things i would do then so i don't miss those um those things um but yeah like since then especially since through kodawari or you know through the friends we've cultivated um in tampa since then the community we have you know on the weekends we'll go like we went to comic-con last week and we didn't have a single you know drop of alcohol we you know go kayaking you know all the all these things were, were just super present like none of us were even on our phone at comic-con we were just so present and it's really it's really nice to to i don't know it, it's I'm become more appreciative of the little things as far as um, how I spend my weekends or my time off of work.
0: Sure. And even, I think it's important to note that I think alcohol, to put it in perspective is I've done some things not drinking that I had done before while drinking. And you realize sometimes the alcohol almost numbs you and you realize I don't really even like this. I don't want want to even be here. I'm not having fun like I was. And then on the flip side is I've gone to concerts. I've gone to wrestling shows. And I mean, I love professional wrestling. I think everybody knows that at this point, but I've gone to those shows and my ability to sit and watch the show and not have my entire experience of something I really enjoy doing and watching be revolved around, oh shit, I have to go to the bar Or like I've drank too much and now I have to go take a piss and now I have to miss half this match or I have to go miss this song that I really like because I'm worried about my next drink or going to the bathroom or I'm worried about something else rather than being there, listening to music, watching pro wrestling, the things that I should be there for, the things that I'm technically paying to be there for. Now I'm focused on next step next drink. And I think that takes away from the moment that you're trying to cultivate. Uh, Brock, any, any kind of similar
1: experience with that or any, um, even things that you've yeah, done? I'm, I mean, yeah, like I, I would say like, for me, it's, it's not so much like, uh, like this Zen presence. I wish that I had experience. I do have experiences like that, but that's not like my whole life sober. I'll tell you that you know, the thing is I remember everything. So when I used to drink, I would black out. So there would be like very large parts of my night that I just don't remember. And I would have like tremendous anxiety being like, what happened last night? You know, why do I, why do I have one shoe on? You know, where's my other shoe? Like all the things that happen with like, you know, when you get too drunk and you know, that that just developed my anxiety and things like that. So I have a lot less anxiety so that's good um, but yeah presence and and the good thing about not drinking is you remember everything you know like if you go to a wrestling show now and three years from now you're thinking about that wrestling show you're going to remember what occurred and, and it's almost like you can relive the experience you know if you're drunk and you're looking back at an old experience you had like you don't remember that much
0: you know Yeah, I, I specifically went to a pay-per-view in October in sorry, in um, March in Orlando. And I remember sitting there and watching people file in and out of And I sat in my seat pretty much the entire time I got up to stretch a little bit here and there, but I was in my seat and I was there and I remember the whole show mm-hmm. and I remember people, not so much the people I was with, but the people that were sitting around us were like, oh, I've got to get a beer real quick. And they, and I, and it's something that you don't notice when you are drinking or when you, when you're drinking in that social aspect, but when you're not, it, you kind of do notice how much people focus on going to get the next drink rather than sitting there and, and be, and being wherever you, you want to be, whatever show or whatever it is you you're there for. Um, and I, as I've seen it, it's weird because like every month or every few days that I've I don't drink. I notice new things about myself and I'm relatively new in the sobriety. I want to kind of dive a little bit more into the social aspect. I know we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but you can't watch a game on TV without seeing a commercial for alcohol. Um, You know, you I don't think you can watch TV generally or see an ad without some or or some with, with an ad without alcohol being advertised. It, it is so ingrained into society. And I know you guys have told me off podcast when you first started drinking or when you don't drink and you're around people are, you know, there's the question is always why, why aren't you having a drink? Right. Mm-hmm. And no one says that, oh, do you want to hit of this? You know, do you want to hit of this heroin or whatever? People say no. And then it, you know, goes away. But alcohol, it's almost like people are curious or asking you, what's wrong? Why don't you want to drink? And it's this constant pull. It, uh, pull into alcohol. Like, you know, I noticed when the lightning were in the playoffs, I noticed people saying, oh, now that the lightning are out of the playoffs, I'm going to take some time off drinking. So what is a lightning in the playoffs have to do with alcohol? Like this sense of camaraderie through alcohol and sports um, and just the the interwoven aspects of alcohol in society.
1: Yeah, Joe, do you want to touch on that and I can follow up? Yeah, sure. Um, it's funny, Pat. So we
2: went to a few lightning games together. I remember the friends you are talking about who had said that. And it was, there was one, one night in particular, I remember because they had won. And this guy with us, who I just met, offered to buy us a shot. I remember he took offense to me saying no.
1: Mm-hmm. And I tried
2: to explain to him, you know, it wasn't a Personal thing, just I I didn't want one, you know. I remember how upset he got, and I just met him. So uh, that was a really odd um, observation that, that I had very recently with you with the playoffs. So I agree. And even outside commercials, I mean, it's also interwoven into all the media we consume. I mean, you can't watch a movie or a TV show without there being some kind of, you know, alcohol imbibing um, aspect to it. And it's a very normal part of life. I'm not saying that's an odd thing, but I'm just saying that it's so prevalent in everything we consume and do uh, that it's hard to even fathom not doing it for some people. So um, that's been the biggest biggest thing for me as far as the social aspect is having to deal with the people that can't even fathom not being able to, or having the self-control to not have alcohol or how you can enjoy yourself without it in your life. That's kind of the biggest thing I've noticed.
0: Yeah. Um, real quick before Brock goes, those commercials too don't always show the, you know, drunk Brock, drunk Joe, drunk Pat running out yeah. in front of a car. Right. <laughs> so you, uh they don't show drunk, drunk Pat jumping off a roof through a table, you know, and uh and spraining spraining his ankle, that kind of stuff. So that's that's kind of something that you notice everybody's just having a good time, everybody's beautiful. You know, people aren't puking off the side of the boat. That's not what the commercials are about. So, and those are all definitely things I've probably seen and experienced. So um, yeah, Brock, anything else to add on
1: that? Yeah, so obviously, you know, the context of where we're at, we're in Florida, we're in the US, you know, maybe it's not like this everywhere. In fact, I know it's not like this everywhere, but here um, it's very interwoven. And, you know, what we do, like, what do we do? For example, in Tampa, you know, people go out, they go to South Howard, they, they go to the bars, this is what they do. And, you know, the element that, that, that I think that we really need to realize is that we need to socialize, like we need to have friends, like we need to do fun things, like we need to compete, like people go to sports games, because they want to feel that competition. And so like, anyway, the, the thing that I'm saying is like, if you're going to not drink, and you're going to be around people that are drinking which is something that I do all the time. Um, You kind of got to decide like what level of friend this person is and then how much you want to disclose. Cause at the end of the day, like little tips and tricks to be, to stay sober is like, don't mention it if you don't have to, when you're at a bar because people are going to take a little bit of offense to it. So it's like, you know, if I'm, if I'm, uh, you know, getting to get a drink and I got some friends are getting drinks too i'm not really going to mention what i'm drinking i'm just going to go and i'm going to get a club soda with a lemon and no one's going to know what i'm doing and i don't really get into it unless i have to um and i i do you know maybe this is like not the most optimal way to do it but i'm just saying how i've done it is i'll i'll suggest like oh like i'm driving or hey like you know depending on the level of friend right like if i just met them like i'm not going to get into my whole story uh, not only because I don't want to, but they're going to, in a way, take offense to it. Because what happens is if, you, if you're not drinking and someone's drinking, in a way they feel kind of bad about it or they feel weird about it. And maybe this doesn't happen all the time. And I, I know it doesn't happen all the time, but some of the time it does happen. So I think the best way is just like, you know, kind of dodge it. You don't really have to get into it if you're at a bar. But if like, if the context is right and you're walking Riverwalk, and you want to have a deep conversation, I think it's great to go into like the dynamics of, you know, why, why, you know, I've chosen to go a different direction about that. Um, But yeah, I think it's just context, like socially here, you know, everyone drinks. So if you're not drinking at the bar, you know, it's a little weird. So it's best to kind of, you know, dodge it unless you want to have someone that's going to give you, you know, peer pressure about taking a shot. It happens all the time. Like if I'm, like I'll give you an example this weekend. Like I was, I was with this girl at a bar, and uh, and uh, she was like, "Let's take some shots." And I was like, "I was like, no, nah, I'm good right now, but but uh, you know, I'll go get a drink with you, like just to get to go to the front." And uh, you know, I'm single now, so she was she was cute, and I was like, "All right, let me talk to her." And when I didn't get the shot with her, it was like odd to her. She was like, you're not drinking? Like what? And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not drinking. Like I'm good right now. I just didn't get into it. But anyway, I don't know if that helps, but that's, that's kind of my experience. Tips and tricks is, yeah.
0: Yeah. I I would say I, I love the, you just go get a drink and leave it alone. Say that you're driving. Um, I used for my first couple of months. When my friends asked me, I was like, oh, you know, um, I'm just doing a 30 days. And I feel like everybody respects that. Yeah. But he's pretty, re- oh, yeah, yeah, I've done that. And so yeah. while while they might still be like, well, how many, usually they'll be like, well, how many days in are you? Two? Well, oh, come on. You know, we'll just start right. it tomorrow kind of thing. It's just two days. But so side note, if it's even one day that you've chosen to go sober, we're proud of you. Um, even if you do make it one day, if you make it an hour, you know, whatever the case is, we're happy. Um, and, and we, you know, also official at men's reach out an email, um, you know, men's health unscripted on Instagram or Twitter as well. And you can always reach out to us. And if you have any questions, tips, tricks, any, any kind of information you want to provide a support system, we're here for you. I do want to say that um, because it is hard and it's hard to break away from old habits and social situations. But uh, to kind of get back on track, I like to go get a mocktail or some I love seltzer water with some muddled fruit is like my drink of choice if I'm out now. And I just ask the bartender or whoever's making the drink, say, hey, can you if I'm in a situation where I know I'm going to get asked, I just say, hey, can you put it in a drink cup and make it look like it? And no one really bothers you. to will say like, oh, what are you drinking? I'll just say like, oh, you know, I just, I had the bartender make something for me, their choice. And they just say, okay. And usually you can kind of get by on that. Um, getting by on say, you know, I'm taking 30 days or I'm taking a week or whatever um, amount of time. I think people started to notice when I started getting up to the 90 days of I'm taking 30 days. So I've kept taking 30 days and people were like, okay, what's going on? And then I just kind of had to say, well, I've chosen to not. Not drink alcohol for an indefinite period of time. Right, what I do. Any
1: um, any tips and tricks, Joe? I think Joe's muted. I I can add to it, Pat. Um, I think there's there's levels to it. You know, it's like how much do you want to tell this certain person in the context that you're at a bar. (laughs) You know, it's like right. Well, they're not going to remember
0: anyways, and they don't care
1: yeah yeah first you kind of dodge it you know you kind of want to be camo probably you know have a drink that, that doesn't that looks like it, like you're saying you know it looks like it could be alcohol so you just don't even have the conversation but um you know there's it's time in place for those type of conversations if they want to have it right
0: any uh any tips and tricks joe any any um exciting things that you've used to
1: maybe yeah dodge? sorry my,
0: my mute
2: was on before sorry about that um like you both touched on, I, I originally used 45 hard as my excuse. It was like, oh, I'm doing 45 hard. I, I you know, I can't have out. And then, like you said, I did it twice, back to back. I used that as my excuse twice. So, like, after, like, 90 days, like, okay, like, how many times are you going to be doing this for? <laughs> and then I started using the, yeah. And then I started using, like, liquid death um, as my drink of choice. Because in a can, if like you are holding a beer with everyone. And then once, like, that picked up, people started noticing that that was water. And they, you know, they got, like got it that you know they found out what it was now i do what you said i pour it into a glass of ice and it's like you know they, unless they taste it they're not going to know and they ask me oh, what are you drinking i'll say oh i'm good with what i have now you know what i mean i don't need them to try to get me anything or try to find out what i'm drinking or surprise me with something um and then if someone tries to surprise me with a shot or something and they take offense to it i'm said listen you, you didn't ask me that beforehand i would have said no So like it's you know i'm not taking that i'm sorry you know it's like and you don't need to get into why you're not drinking it but if they didn't ask you beforehand you you're not you know, you know, you don't need to take that. You don't have to take a shot. Um, right. So, yeah, so I think, I think like Brock said, it. I've, I've learned quickly that trying to avoid the topic is definitely, yeah, it, maybe you said, maybe it's not the healthiest as far as um, how to handle it, but it's definitely made it a lot easier.
0: Yeah, I actually had a, a kind of a revelation where I've, I feel like I've gotten past the hiding it part. Honestly, sometimes I do just depending if it's if it's a situation where I don't feel like even addressing the conversation, maybe I'll hide it. Or it's like a situation where, you know, if I'm going to like an event or something and I'm never going to see these people again, I'm just like, I'm just good tonight. Right. You can just leave. Um, But if it's more of a consistent social interaction, I feel like now I'm just like, yeah, I'm sober. I'm not drinking. And if you're assertive enough, they leave you alone. But my revelation was I was in Nashville with my very good friend, Jesse, um, and he loves to party. And Jesse and I have partied more maybe than anybody. Like it was just like basically like the Batman and Robin of partying back in the day. Um, tour of power, tour of people, Seminole Heights, just running through everything. And I was in Nashville and this guy noticed I had a liquid death and he's like, why aren't you drinking? And he, they, they all played baseball together or they had some kind of you know, thing. He's like, why aren't you drinking? We're at an after party. And before I could even say anything, Jesse was like, listen, that guy's has done it longer and harder than you probably ever will. So leave him alone. And that was really inspiring to me to say, I've done enough. I have nothing else to prove. It's time to do something new. And that that warmed my heart. And I I can't wait for the opportunity, honestly, for someone to ask somebody I'm close to why they're not drinking. And I get to say the same thing, like, shut up. They've done their time. Let them go. Um, and Jesse still likes to party. There's no doubt about it. But the fact that he stepped up and knowing um, that it was a choice I made and not, you know, asking me to to drink with him or do anything like that, I really appreciate. I appreciate friends like that who, even though they want to drink and like, again, it's not sobriety isn't for everybody. And, you know, some people can handle just a drink or two or a half a drink and they go home. Right. I'm not one of those people. Um, I have to make that choice. I I get myself to three drinks and then I have to make that choice. So I realize that maybe this isn't the best thing for me. And it's also not the best thing for me to be a representative of men's health either. Um, and so that's why I made that choice to go sober.
1: Yeah. And, and Pat, I want to add to like, I don't want people to think that if you don't drink, like everyone's going to ask you, oh, why aren't you drinking? And in my reality, like I've gone out enough now in five years that I've been not drinking that I would say like maybe 20 to 30% of the time anyone says anything. Like it, it's a small percentage of the time. Um, the majority of the time is if you're out and about and, you know, hanging out and having fun, like no one's like inquiring about what's in your cup. It's like kind of odd if they do. It's just like, we're having a good time. You're having a good time. Like, yeah, you're drinking Corona. I'm drinking something out of a clear glass. No one even says anything. And, and I think like another important thing is like, you can still like to party, and not have to drink. And it's not so black and white, at least in in my life. It's like, I still like to go out. I like to, you know, hang out, talk to people, meet new people, listen to good music, go to a, a, a game or whatever it is. And those things don't have to have drinking, you know? Even if the majority of people do like to drink at those events, I just want like your viewers to know like, hey, you could still like all those things and it's still totally okay to go to the bar or totally okay to go to a event that, you know, most people get drunk at and you don't have to. And, and, uh, you know, rare, you know, not everyone's going to ask you about why you're not drinking. You know, you can, you can have a real good time. And, and, and a lot of the times no one's going to say anything. Just want everyone to know that. That's a great point.
0: Yeah, you were right. Um, it is true. I think. I think. I think that's the big issue with everybody. I think maybe we addressed it so much is because we found that that's the biggest issue probably at the beginning of someone um, making that choice to go sober. Is, is that's the biggest issue, and there's that pull back into, um, you know, drinking. There's there's like a pull and a peer pressure that comes back in, and I think that's a big thing to help people address. I, I know that a lot of people I've talked to have gotten sober have said that that's like one thing where right when you first start your, your crew of friends that you have drank with will always ask why or things like that. And um, you know, sometimes it is good. It's healthy to kind of separate a little bit just to kind of see how you're feeling. And then you can dive back in um, and go still do the things that you want to do. This isn't um, this is definitely not a way of saying like, Oh, you have to stop doing this by any means. Um, just in my experience, a lot of things have changed about, you know, what I do now and how I spend my free time, just like kind of Joe said earlier.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing that I would add to that, it's like, if someone's going to decide that, hey, they want to be sober, they want to watch their health, they want to, you know, make a new direction in their life. The important thing is to know that a percentage of your friends that you hang out with today, will not be your friends in, in a couple of years because of different interests. And and that's okay. And, and I think like, at least that was my experience. If I look back on my college times and like when I was drinking a lot and the buddies I would hang out with then, I wouldn't say about half of them I still associate with. And, you know, the other half just didn't get it or, or, you know, we went different directions for one reason or another. And I think that that's okay. And people, you know we don't need to stay f- friends with like people that, that we're going different paths like but it also doesn't mean that that we you know can't that there's not going to be people in your life that understand the decision that you're making and uh you know just taking it one day at a time like it it's not this life-changing thing per se like hey like i'm just not drinking for now i'm just not drinking for now and you know you can take it however long or however short that 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 you know, works for you. But, um, yeah. And then the last tip I would say to to anyone is, is know that there's going to be a void and you're still going to want to fill it. And that void is going to be like a social void. And it's going to be, you know, you're going to have this habit. Like if you're anyone like me that you're anticipating going out on a Friday and Saturday night. So you quickly need to substitute that time for something that's like a healthier alternative or else the the poll will take you back. And so you got to substitute quick. And my suggestion would be, you know, sports, meetup.com, anything that's like in your interest, you know, going to Comic-Con, but that's like a a one-off event. So you want things that are going to be like regular routine activities that you can plug into that are like healthier alternatives to, to, you know, the, the the drinking parade on Friday night, you know?
0: Yeah, I can definitely say um, when I am finished taking these boards here in about a month, uh, I know Joe and I have talked about this a lot and like, I think we've beaten the dead horse with it, but we're definitely going to start doing more men's health, kayaking trips, walking trips, um, just things when we have, I have personally have a little bit more free time because I like to work on these projects too. I'm not, you know, trying to ride Joe's coattails um, with any of this, but we have been working really hard on, you know, finding a nice area to kayak in Tampa. So if anybody's listening, you're in Tampa, St. Pete, you know, and you want to drive in, um, you know, we will start posting things on the website to kind of supplement some of those, um, maybe urges or just to grow our own sense of community outside of the podcast, outside of social media. Cause I think the sense of community, And a support system is so important for someone, especially at the beginning infancy of sobriety, where you do have the urges and you still have the old pulls. And, you know, I I know that there's been times in my life where I've had friends where, you know, all I have to do is send a text and be like, hey, let's go get fucked up. Right. And they've done, they've been able to do the same. And I agree. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go. And I think that me, being on the journey I am now has influenced the people around me. And I will say, I know we kind of harped on a lot of people bothering you about being sober, but I will say that a lot of my friends have been really, really supportive and I'm very grateful for them to say, okay, you're not doing it. Then we're not going to bother you about it. And, um, and that's okay. We still invite you to stuff. You're still always welcome. And that is what I really appreciate. And those are real friends. And those are people who, you know, have a positive impact on me and make me feel good about the decision that I've made. For sure. I, I think just to add on that real quick, both of you
2: have said it. The vast the vast majority of people are totally fine with your decisions. They don't give you a hard time. It's a very small percentage of conversations that are offered that stand out in my head. And that's why you bring them up. But for the most part, friends or people you don't even know are very accepting of it. I do think for any listeners that um, that are that are starting this journey and are having trouble, I know at first I was very lonely. Because I was avoiding all those, those um, places and people who I, who I could go to drink with. Um, so at first, it was a lot of alone time, you know, going kayaking, bicycling, walking, whatever alone. So then having a community or a sense of community to do that with is important. So um, like you said, outside of social media, so we could kind of build this community and start hosting these events and people can come and have a safe place to hang and not have to worry or feel awkward about not doing the things they've typically been doing we can um hopefully provide that for them soon
1: yeah Yeah. while it's fresh in my mind Joe like the thing that that I learned after you know really deciding not to drink is you know small talk and like building a life that you want to build and these are the two things I'll touch on one is like socially drinking helped me just have conversation with anybody and I think that small talk is a funny thing like if you want to go to a bar and talk to a bunch of people around you, it helps if you're drunk, right? So, if you're not drunk, you got to build a new skill set. You got to be interested. You got to build presence. You got to be listening. And I think that that really benefits somebody in the long term. Cause, like, you don't need alcohol to have a conversation, to be fulfilled, to listen to somebody, to be present. That's really important. But it's a skill set that gets, gets uh more advanced when you stop drinking because if if drinking is the lubricant that makes you be able to have conversation with anyone if you take that away well now you can't you maybe can't have it as good or whatever so it's like if you want to just talk to someone um you know there's there are books about it there's you can just go out without drinking you'll get better at it but but um and the other thing is like i think that part of drinking is like it's the mass thing that people do, right? So if you're not going to drink, your life is like, it has to be a little more um, proactive, you're designing it the way that you want to design it. If you're, if you're going with the crowd, the crowd is going to drink the crowd is doing that. And, and you can choose to do that. But like, I guess what I'm saying is like, you got to be proactive about designing a life that you'd want to live and then putting yourself in that life. And it's like that building the community, building the, the the people that you guys that that anyone would like to hang with, like you get better at that, too. You get better at that. You you say like, hey, like I want to make new friends. I want to try new things. I want to do something different. Like you get better at all that stuff if you're not drinking when you're doing it. You know, I, I know it sounds different but it's like there's so many new things that I do now that I didn't do when I was drinking like I didn't play soccer like I wouldn't have met y'all at the yoga studio I I wouldn't do a lot of the things that I do um I travel a lot sometimes I travel alone these are things that I probably wouldn't have do if I was super drunk
0: well I can't I can't agree with you enough about shaping the life that you want and a, a short story kind of popped into my head here is when I, towards the end of my pharmacy school run, block five, like you're on rotations and stuff in the, in, in like hospital pharmacy, community pharmacy and things. And I was really depressed. You know, I, I had a career previously and owned a business, went back to school, had to really scale back my lifestyle, which is fine. That wasn't a big deal. But when you are, when you realize like you're working your ass off, you're not really getting compensated for it. Your friends are going out and you're still working and like, there's no reward I guess um, it can get a little bit easy and looking back on it now it can get very easy to get depressed especially you know I had some preceptors or great preceptors I learned a lot but like they would bust my ass so a lot of times I was escaping my reality with alcohol and and going out um, and just you know for lack of a better term just really getting fucked up I mean I'm, I'll be serious like and it wasn't an everyday thing but I would binge. Heavy on the weekends to numb myself for having to go back on Monday and repeat the same thing again. And it wasn't that I didn't love pharmacy. I think it was more so that I felt at a certain point where I was just at the end. You're tired. You're depressed. It's like, am I ever going to get get out of here? Right. And it was almost felt like prison to a degree. Um, and I do want to say I'm grateful for my education, but. Um, the, the issue is, is that I was using alcohol to mask how I really felt. And then as a result of that, is I would get these hangovers, like I discussed at the beginning of the podcast, where I would be self-deprecating, where I would say, I'm not a great representative of men. This is how I, this was my negative self-talk. So this is going to be full vulnerability here. I'm not a good representative of men's health and the community I'm trying to cultivate. How is anyone going to Trust someone who is trying to promote health and wellness. That's going to go and binge drink on the weekends and like really cause some you know self harm. Like I wasn't going to the hospital, but you know getting fucked up is a form of self harm. If you disagree with me, please at me and we can have a discussion. Um, and and it's a way of masking yourself or or, you know obviously like I said, masking depression, masking other issues. And finally, I would say the time that I would spend maybe not so much drinking because that's only like a small window, but the recovery time and the hangover time. So, you know, you're losing the small window of time that you're drinking. So if you're out for three hours drinking, four hours drinking, whatever, you, you know, okay, that's fine. That can be chalked up to entertainment. But the day following it that you're beating yourself up, your hangover, your, you know, your head is covering or hovering over the toilet. You're not productive because you're nursing yourself back to health and mental health and physical health. And so, in those hangovers, I would truly beat myself up about not getting maybe the things done that I need to set up Men's Health Unscripted successfully, I'm not working on certain things that I would because I was nursing myself back to health and I was on the couch, like, you know, with a slice of pizza and like my face buried in some pillows. Um, and just not being able to do the things. And so now in sobriety, my, the thing I enjoy the most is men's health unscripted. It's my passion project and, you know, along with Joe and Steven and cam, and we all work really hard on this. And the thing is, is like, now I feel like I'm a representative. Now I feel like I'm a positive influence. Um, and now I feel like when I don't have, when I'm not working on pharmacy and my career, I'm working on this, I'm working on the website, I'm working on the podcast, social media. And so that is so much more fulfilling than sitting, you know, laying in bed, giving myself the woe is me talk and the upset, negative, self-deprecating talk about not getting the shit done that I need to get done. Um, that's the biggest thing that I can say, you know, and what you said about, creating the life that you want really resonated with me and I I really had to tell that story because I feel like a lot of people I would hope that a lot of people maybe identify that and and can use that as you know a, a system of you know hope and and well-being that like this isn't the way I have to live I can live a different way
1: yeah I mean I could add I, I just think that you know for me like you talked about earlier um you know having one drink two drinks three drinks and then making a choice that was not my personal experience with alcohol. If I had that third drink, if I had that first drink, I'm going to have a second drink. And if I have that third drink, there is no, there is a, there's it's a very small probability that I'm going to not drink more. <laughs> usually it's going to lead to just blacking out at some point, you know, maybe staying up the whole morning. Um, so what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that I'm the type of person that if I drink, I drink a lot. And so, you know, that energy needs to go somewhere. I'm just the type of person that, that goes hard. You know, if I'm going to do something, I'm going I'm to be really into it. And if it happens to be alcohol, I'm probably going to be getting blacked out because I'm going to use it as a sport almost. And I think that if you're someone listening that feels like that's you, then maybe this is something that you could consider. But I've also, you know, dated women that have no issue with, with alcohol and I have been sober in the relationships. So I think that, you know, if you don't have a problem, you don't, you don't really have a problem. But if you're someone that, you know, has that second or third drink and then you start going and binging, well, maybe we should consider what it would look like to, to live a little bit different of a lifestyle. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that's, yeah, I, you know, I'm
0: almost envious of some people I know that can go somewhere, have half a drink, and like literally, like buy one drink and they nurse it the entire night. And, yeah. And like, you know, I know some people that they'll go, they'll have half a drink and they're like, I just don't want anymore. And I'm like, geez, like my liver is in overdrive trying to process the alcohol. I mean, And you know, when, and the craziest thing, I think too, speaking of liver and overdrive is you go out and drink that Friday night, Saturday, it's so much harder to get drunk. And so now you're chasing something because you've activated your liver enzymes and they're ready to process whatever, you know, whatever you put in your body. And I know that there's been times where I've gone out, gotten fucked up one night and the next day I need some hair of the dog. So I get it. And I end up drinking like Mick ultras or, or, uh, what was, well, I loved Miller High Life. Oh God, I loved Miller High Life. <laughs> I would drink Miller High Life's all day long and couldn't get drunk. And, you know, it's kind of weird because in the back of my mind, I would be like, damn it, I'm not getting drunk. And I'm just, and I'm, you know, next thing I know, I'm 12, 13 beers in over the course of the day. And um, it's just, it's, it's really kind of eye opening how much personally I was masking. So many feelings that, as at in these past almost six months, we'll say 5.9 months almost, that I've been so close to, or just I, I've felt so much different. And going and doing things outside, I mean, I appreciate the sky so much more. I know it probably sounds super hippy dippy, but I appreciate, like you guys said, the little things in life are so much more important um, just because I feel like I'm not numbing myself. So thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. Brock, where can um, our, I know you have an entrepreneurship um, group that you meet with on fair on uh, regularity. I know you're an entrepreneur like us where, where, you know, where can they find you uh, anything that you uh, any kind of information that you have to disclose about where our viewers could find you or um, some things that you know, maybe some projects you're working on uh, fired away now. And I'll make sure I put it in the bio as well.
1: Yeah, thanks, Pat. I think the biggest thing is just get me on Instagram, Brock com like .com. So it's B R O C K L A R A M E E C O M. And yeah, Brock Laramie comment and get me there. And the group that Pat's referring to is called Yeah, it's Young Entrepreneurs of America, and it's a group here in Tampa Bay, hosted monthly with the Entrepreneur Collaborative Center. Long story short, we got a facility, and we meet with entrepreneurs that, you know, maybe they're just getting started. Maybe they got an idea. Maybe they're already, you know, full throttle on something, and that may be more like a mentor, but yeah, we just connect. You know, it's anywhere from five to 10 people, and it's monthly here in Tampa, so if you're in Tampa and you want to meet with some business people, let me know. Awesome. Awesome. Um, we all know where to find Hot Joe Ferelli.
0: He's everywhere. Behind, just, the, behind the camera of Men's Health Unscripted. <laughs> he's behind the camera. Behind the camera, um, yeah. He's, uh, I can't thank Joe enough for just the insight on social media and kind of easing so many of my stresses uh, that have to do with social media. He's uh, a wizard. He's a wizard, Harry. <laughs> if you saw any of his photos from Comic-Con, you know um you'd get that yeah yeah guys thank you so much for sharing your experiences being vulnerable and hopefully giving our listeners a place to go if this is something that they're trying again like we're not you know i hope no one feels like we're forcing this down their throat we're just giving them an opportunity at something new um and that's all i say and then what i think each of you would probably agree Um, we would be more than happy to challenge any of our viewers or listeners to just go 90 days, just, you know, what's 90 days out of your life, right? You live thousands of days in your life. Give 90 a shot. It's a very small percentage and just see how you feel. I I would say 90 was the number for me. Um, I wasn't keeping a track or actually Lambo was like, Hey dude, you know, you're like three months sober today. And I, I had no idea. So, um, but I noticed a, a huge change at 90. So if any of you guys wanna do that, message us, document it, um, and we will be here to support you in any way that we can. For sure. All right, thank you guys. Thanks a lot, Pat. Thanks, thanks, Brock, for coming on. Yeah, yeah thank I'm you, Brock. We really appreciate your time and sharing, man. That's, it, um, it takes a lot to do that. And uh, I, I appreciate you even being vulnerable with me off camera and telling me about your story.
1: Yeah, and if we get any, you know, comments on on questions and things, perhaps we could do a part two and dive into what that looks like. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I would
0: love to uh, hear what people's experiences are.